0: Hello and welcome to Birkbeck Voices. I'm Siobhan Morris and today I'm talking to Dr. David Bryden, lecturer in modern European history at Birkbeck, about his new article on leprosy and rebellion in Spanish Africa during the 1940s and 50s. So, could you start by telling us briefly what the article is about? So the article is about a leprosy settlement called Mykoma which uh, is in modern-day equatorial Guinea. Uh, close to the border of Cameroon, but in the 1940s and 1950s was part of the Spanish colony known as Spanish Guinea, uh, which was part of uh, Spain's uh, African territories, which included uh, parts of northern Morocco and the western Sahara. Um, And the article discusses two ideas. The first is the way in which Franco-Spain used Micoboseng and other examples of colonial health and welfare to present itself, uh, particularly after the Second World War, as a progressive, uh, humane, colonial power committed to African development. Uh, And this was a time after the Second World War where Spain uh, was largely uh, internationally isolated because of its association with the defeated fascist powers. And the second idea is how... Underneath the very positive image of Mikamasse, which was portrayed uh, by Spanish authorities, actually the settlement was a site of violence, repression, and in some cases, uh, active rebellion from uh, the African leprosy sufferers themselves. Right, so where did the idea for this paper come from then? Uh, so I, I came across it in uh, some research I was doing in uh, the modern Spanish government archives in Alcalá de Henares, which is near Madrid, and which includes uh, the modern colonial archives. Um, and I came across a file about uh, Mica Seng, and one of the first documents uh, that I found in this file uh, was a handwritten uh, plea for clemency from six leprosy sufferers who had been sentenced uh, to uh, a labour battalion, uh, or to, to a period of uh, uh, hard labour uh, following a rebellion in 1946, and they were asking uh, the colonial uh, governor. Of Spanish Guinea to uh, to let them off at the final months of their sentences because they said their bodies were full of leprosy and ulcers which made the punishment particularly cruel for them um, and it really stood out this document because uh, they'd uh, they'd signed uh, they signed it with their fingerprints with their the thumbprints and that's something that's very unusual this kind of document is very unusual in these kind of colonial archives um, and so I looked at the rest of the uh, the file and it was part of a uh, judicial uh, file investigating this rebellion in uh, 1946, which included uh, transcripts of interviews both with um, Spanish experts working at the settlement, uh, with um, Africans who were involved in running the settlement, and in some cases with African uh, patients themselves. Um, and what it suggested uh, was a regime within Mequimasseng uh, in which patients were mistreated and neglected, Uh, where very little effort was made to treat their illnesses, where they were threatened for example at gunpoint if they misbehaved, where children were forcefully separated from their mothers, and where people being transported to the settlement were on some occasions left to die by the roadside if they were too ill to move. Um, And after I'd I'd, I'd read these documents I went away and did some further research on Mi'kmaq saying um, and I realised that, that this uh, was very different from the image that was portrayed of the settlement. So Francoist experts and officials uh, often uh, used Mikima as part of their propaganda and publicity. But they, they saw it and they portrayed it uh, not as this cruel and repressive institution but as a microcosm of uh, benevolent and progressive Spanish colonial rule, as a place where uh, patients would receive humane and modern treatment, uh, where they receive a good education and religious instruction and things like this. So I wanted to write about the, the contradiction between the, uh, the image and the reality of life in Macamese. So, yeah, as you speak about um, these files, uh, could you maybe elaborate on what problems you faced in trying to write this history? When, as you say, the only sources are from the colonial authorities. I mean, so this is a problem that uh, historians often face, if particularly if they're working mm-hmm. on, uh, on colonial history, um, and. The problem for me in particular was that because all of these files were written from the point of view of colonial authorities, it was very uh, difficult to get to the truth about what this uprising involved. So uh, the colonial governor and local officials quite often described it as specifically as an uprising, uh, which involved violence, which involved uh, weapons, which involved threats to the lives of uh, local uh, authorities but some of the other documents suggested it was less of an uprising and more of a kind of a peaceful protest uh, and a legitimate complaint uh, against um against uh, mistreatment and and poor living conditions and ultimately it's it was impossible to me for, to to find out exactly what this uprising uh, involved um and generally trying to uncover the truth of the uprising and what happened uh, was very difficult because all of my information was mediated through these, uh, these colonial uh, documents. And things like the, um, the letter from the, uh, the six uh, leprosy sufferers who'd been convicted uh, of rebellion uh, were only a very small part of uh, the archives. So, for example, um, when the colonial authorities were trying to explain what happened, uh, they quite often uh, reached for these kind of common uh, colonial tropes of the era. So uh, saying, for example, that the uprising was caused by uh, the racial inferiority of uh, uh, the African patients, exacerbated by the leprosy itself, which apparently uh, meant that they just didn't understand the reasons uh, for the the, the settlement being organised the way it was. Um, and actually, the the appeal from the uh, six leprosy sufferers in the um, uh, the Labour battalion to be uh, excused the the last few months of their their punishment was rejected for this very reason, because uh, the the leader of the the Spanish leader of the um, the leprosy settlement argued that uh, Africans wouldn't understand the reasons uh, for, uh, for 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 um, forgiveness for for, their this, for, for uh, allowing people. Uh, off their, their the final months of their um, their punishment, that they would see it as weakness, and that therefore by letting them off, it would encourage uh, future rebellion. And so, all of the uh, the information from this uh, this file was mediated through these kind of like, these colonial ideas and these colonial tropes. So, where does this specific research fit into your wider work? So, my wider work is on Franco Spain. Um, and particularly on uh, its, the work of its uh, health experts, its social experts and its welfare, welfare experts to promote the image and the reputation of Franco Spain to the wider world. And particularly in this post-war era where Spain, as I said, was isolated because of its association with uh, fascism. Um, and one of the areas that, that I look at is, uh, in particular, the work of colonial health uh, and welfare experts and uh, the way they tried to promote Spain after the Second World War, not as a kind of uh, uh, a violent fascist power, but as a modern and humane colonial power, much like Britain and France, that's committed to African uh, development. Um And leprosy in particular played an important part in this process. It was one of the areas in which Spain was most successfully able to integrate itself into the international. Uh, international scientific and uh, health networks during the period and it was partly important uh, for Spain because in places like Spanish Guinea and Spanish Morocco there were lots of sufferers but also because of the kind of historical religious associations uh, between uh, Christianity and uh, leprosy and leprosy care which was really important for the Franco regime which was uh, uh, trying to uh, emphasize its Catholic and its Christian uh, credentials So, for example, in 1953, one of the first ever uh, major international conferences or events held in Spain was an international leprosy conference held in Madrid, and there were over 400 uh, delegates from around the world, from 40 different countries, representatives of international organisations and things like that. And at this conference, uh, there was an exhibition about Mykma in particular, including photographs of African leprosy sufferers and papers given on the, uh, the apparent success of uh, leprosy te- treatment in uh, Mykma And a few years uh, later... Um, uh, a Spanish expert uh, was one of the the first to uh, gain a major role within the World Health Organization, within uh, the WHO, as a leader of the the new World Health Organization International uh, Leprosy Program. Um, and actually, one of the Spanish experts who was involved in leprosy treatment at the WHO, who was involved in ex- expert committees, was a, um, a guy called Victor uh, Martinez Dominguez, who had been the leader of uh, Mikaba Seng in 1946, during the time of the rebellion, and had been accused at the time by lots of African leprosy sufferers as being the person who was responsible for this, uh, this oppressive uh, and violent regime. Um, but then it also fits it into, I think, the uh, the wider history of Franco-Spain. So one of the uh, the main themes for historians uh, writing on Franco-Spain has been the repression and violence of uh, life under the regime, particularly the repression and violence aimed at working-class communities and uh, the defeated republican communities after the Second World War. Um, and like in uh, Mickey and in uh, Spanish Guinea, the Franco regime lauded its commitment to welfare and social justice at a time where actually social provision, particularly for these working class communities, was deeply inadequate and was often used as a tool of state surveillance uh, and repression. And the ways in which uh, Francoist colonial authorities treated uh, its African suffer- uh, subjects, and particularly uh, people like leprosy sufferers in Mickey saying, paralleled in many ways the, uh, the, the treatment uh, it meted out towards the defeated working class Republican communities in Spain itself. So, for example, where in Mikima saying um, the children of leprosy sufferers were often forcefully removed from uh, mothers, ostensibly to uh, prevent um, uh, infection, but it, in part because they wanted uh, to, to remove the children, to bring them up uh, within communities of uh, Catholic uh, nuns, to bring them up as kind of uh, successful modern um, members of the, the Francoist uh, colonial state. Uh, In Spain itself, uh, children of imprisoned republicans uh, were often removed from their mothers to be brought up uh, by uh, families loyal to the regime or in uh, institutions run by, uh, by Catholic religious orders. Thank you very much. Thank you.